is this our legacy? You know, is this what we want? Is this what we want to state in our constituency? Is this what we want them talking about right now? This whole decision over $7,500 and the people who you chose not to invest it in. episode of your favorite Alabama political podcast. It's Alabama Politics This Week with Josh Moon and David Person, man. Yeah, it's been a long day already. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry. Yeah. So we we, we do, I, I do, you know, just tell everybody because I don't care. I mean, you can, I'll, I'll let you know how this works. Uh, uh-huh. You know, uh, we record uh, the TV show that airs on Sundays mm-hmm. uh, and in some places on Saturday nights. We record it on Thursdays um, and we typically record it Thursday mornings. And and then right as soon as that's over, we go into recording the podcast here. Mm-hmm. And uh, whew, it's been a long day. It's been a long mm-hmm. day. We've had, we had some technical difficulties. And uh, so we, not with a podcast, uh, we got that running like a top. Uh, yeah, you know, if it ain't broke, we don't fix it. Uh, right. So we're uh, we that thing runs along just fine. But uh, yeah, that uh, the TV show sometimes gets a little. Eh, you know. Well, it's it's still amazing to me that we can work this way. You know, just remotely with everything, video, audio. It's just yeah. not. It's not what I was taught in school. It's not what I did for the first. You know, probably thirty years of my mm-hmm. career. So I know, man. It's uh, this is kind of mind blowing. You know, it is. It is mind blowing. We, uh, you know, when when I say when we were, you know, we took a break uh, a couple years back, uh, or however long ago it was. I don't know when we even started this. Time has no meaning now um, in, in the in the era of COVID. Uh, but we, we you know, and we were doing that, and we had COVID. Uh, that, that, you know, came on the scene as we were taking the break. And uh, then we come back and I, I didn't I didn't want to not go into the studio uh, and or into the what office. We weren't really a studio, but the office right. that we were using as a studio, because I mean, I, I, I like the, the interaction. I think we've worked it out very well. Zoom works very well because we can see each other. We can see what we're saying, uh, you know, and so I think that 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 really helps out a whole lot with that. But, yeah, it was it is, man. It's a it's a foreign sort of thing. I never imagined that it would work as well as it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it does. It works very well. And it I'll say this, I am happy now that everyone has come around to my way of thinking on working from home. Um, I I have been fighting this battle. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many editors at the Montgomery Advertiser I had this battle with, right. and I mean it got to the point where the last guy, the last guy that was really my editor, um, before the last clown left, um, but the the guy that was actually my editor, Tom Clifford, would say, "Well, every single review for me would be, we need you in the office more. We need you in the office more." And and uh, that towards the end of it, he was just he was. Uh, we need you in the office more, but we both know you're not coming. So why don't we even worry about that? Uh, I don't know. So uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, but you know why the hell am I yeah. doing in the office? You know, there ain't yeah. no, there are no stories in the office. You know exactly. what I'm saying? And nobody exactly. for me to meet with at the office. And so it was just, you know, but uh, I always thought it was so stupid to have that big newsroom there where people could just work from home remotely and uh, you could save a load of money on things. And, I, you know, I'm happy to see that people have come around to my way of thinking on this. Uh, yeah. I, I think more people should. But uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So um, I guess our, uh, our our top story here is uh, the uh, Alabama legislature. Alabama, I shouldn't say that because that includes Democrats. And this is not Democrats at all. 
The Alabama Republicans today in the legislature, it's Thursday, at the last second, slid into the transgender bathroom bill, which, you know, will, will prohibit kids from using uh, bathrooms outside of their birth gender because I, I assume that there's funding in the bill to put guards up to check, you know, everybody's privates uh, before <laughs> they go in. But I, or <laughs> it's just meaningless nonsense, like I suspect. Um, and they've added to that the uh, quote unquote, don't say gay uh portion of the Florida bill, the famous Florida bill that uh, prevents teachers in, I want to say it's K through three, the K through third grade, uh, from mentioning sexual orientation, sex, uh, that sort of thing, which we all know isn't happening. There's no teacher out there talking about sex or sexual orientation with, with second grade Kids, there's no, that's not, that's not happening. And, and throughout this whole thing, nobody could point to a single example of this occurring. Um, but what it does is panders. It creates a boogeyman. First of all, it creates this boogeyman that the right can lean on and talk about how you know, we're protecting your children from this in their classroom. Uh, and then it causes unintended issues for LGBTQ teachers. There, just like the the teacher in Florida who was pushed out because uh, you know, had same-sex marriage, uh, kid went on vacation, got back to school, kids asked them, they simply told them what, what took place, got married, you know, and all of the parents raised hell. And so that's what you're going to get. You're going to get nonsense from brain-dead MAGAs uh, parents out there that, that push this shit. And it's just... <sighs> You know, it's just it's it's yeah. so meaningless and hurtful. It's just so, you know, why? Well, we we know it's just uh, it's just a wedge issue. That's really all it is. And you know, I'm looking at the al.com story, Josh, that says for Alabama, it would stop teachers from K through five. So five through that's five. different than the Florida bill, which I think is a K through third grade. But 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 I also found in the AL.com story something very interesting. So uh, in the debate about it, um, in the brief debate that, that uh, apparently took place, Senator Bobby Singleton from Greensboro posed a question to the sponsor of the bill, Senator Shelnut of Trustville, Republican. And he said, um, he said, is it? Is it allowed for little Johnny to ask a teacher if he's a boy or a girl? And Shelnut uh, responded, little Johnny, you're a boy. So in other words, he was affirming that, yeah, mm-hmm. it would allow for that. And then he was assuming or presuming the response. And then Singleton correctly pointed out to him, you just answered the question based on gender. Therefore, in fact, a teacher really cannot if 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 it's prohibiting if mm-hmm. it's prohibiting a discussion or any kind of instruction about gender then even a teacher responding in the affirmative to that question would be a violation of the law it's, it's so just, stupid it's it's idiotic it's idiotic it, it is it's well and it's you know again though is it a surprise to you that it's poorly written and and not well thought out no uh, no, of course not. Of course not. So, well, they all are. I mean, dude, listen, 
There was a there was a gambling a lottery only gambling bill that was put out by this same you know the same group of far right wing Republicans and it was just meant to derail the other the other bills and uh, but it was so stupidly written I mean it was it was just nonsensical I mean it it, it was going to form this lottery that you're going to play everywhere and there was no rules there were no rules for anything I mean you know it was just and and that's you know I had um. I had a guy who was a lobbyist. He, he, I guess he technically still is a lobbyist, although he doesn't do it full time anymore. Um, and, but he's done it for for years, done it for years and years and years there at the Alabama State House. And I, I went to lunch with him. It's a few years ago, and he said, "You know, I'm 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 getting out." And I said, "Really? Why?" And he said, "He said I can't." He said, "I'm going to be honest with you and tell you, we've reached a level of ignorance." that I, I just can't deal with. And he said, listen, I'm not, that's not a Republican Democrat thing. It's I'm not, he said, although I got to tell you, Democrats are doing a far better job of electing people that actually represent uh, community interests and things uh, than, than Republicans are who are just, you know, focused on wedge issues and on uh, lunacy for the most part. He said, because what they've done is they have packed this state house with people by using these wedge issues, they have packed it with idiots who are easy to control. Mm. Um, and he said, mm. and they're they're easy to control by a certain group of people at the top that want certain things. And at that time, he was talking about Mike Hubbard, um, you know, and 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 that's what that's what Hubbard one of Hubbard's plans was was to pack that that legislature full of people uh, who were some of the biggest dopes. I, I, honest to God, I, you you can't imagine. You can't imagine the idiotic conversations that I've had with people. I, I mean, it's it's not even con- it's not to the point. It's to the point of of it angers. It would anger me to be on an elevator with somebody and have a conversation, and and they this was their job. This was a you know, and they didn't know they didn't know shit. I mean, nothing about what they were doing and the consequences of what they were doing. And and you would tell them things and you could see it in their eyes that they were genuinely surprised by the facts of, uh, I mean, just the simple basic facts. And you could see it. But that's who we've got now. I mean, it's a it's a it's a stupid group of people. It really is. Well, well I think, again, um, when you look at a bigger, you look at it on a macro level, bigger picture. This is the only way that I believe the National Republican Party believes that it can survive as it is currently constituted. So they have to use these petty wedge issues Mm -hmm. that are about things that really don't affect most people, if anybody, Mm -hmm. uh, in order to try to uh, pick at the, 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 the fears. That are that that many people, or I won't even say many people, that a certain group of people harbor, mm-hmm. and that's what they're using to create, I think, uh, a base uh, for their party. So you think about think about when you were a kid. You know, I'm I, you know I'm thinking about when I was a kid, and um, yes, it is true that as a growing up as a straight boy. Um, if I saw behavior by a boy that I thought was feminine at mm-hmm. that particular juncture in my life, I'm talking about elementary school, middle mm-hmm. school, you know, I would note that. Yes. Yeah. But how much of my time 
that and, and unfortunately back in those days, you know, I'm talking about the 70s now. You know, we would use these horrible pejorative terms like uh, faggot and sissy mm-hmm. and other words like that. But the reality is we did not we were not obsessed with this kind of stuff. No. It was a it was something you noted. Did it stop you from playing with somebody? No, not no. generally. It did mm-hmm. not. Um, you know, especially if you were playing sports and they played sports where well, you didn't really think about it that much. You know, so these were sort of passing thoughts at best, at least as I recall it. I don't mm-hmm. re- I don't recall any child. And I, and I remember specifically there was a kid named Elvin uh, who had a twin sister named Elvina. Mm-hmm. We would tease Elvin sometimes and we would, uh, you know, sometimes use these pejoratives. But we still liked Elvin. We still played with Elvin. We didn't obsess. This didn't create some kind of, uh, you know, we're not going to play with Elvin movement. I think what's happening is a lot of adults, a lot of us adults are foisting upon children our hangups, our hangups, our fears. And we're forcing it on the schools. We're forcing it on the kids. And we're not making we're not making life better for the straight kids or for the kids who are on the LGBTQ spectrum. It's just no. creating more madness. Oh, it's a, it's a hundred percent. You're a hundred percent right about that. It's I I had a conversation with with a friend of mine just yesterday that was that that had uh, I mean. <laughs> Honest, I don't know what happened, you know, and where this where we went off the rails with with him and 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 talking about you know gay marriage and different things, and I just I was I was just so uh, dumbstruck by what he was saying and not having this around my kids, and I'm like, what are you talking about? I guarantee you, your kids know you ten guys that are, are your are girls that are gay right now at school, and and they don't have a problem with it, and they'll they'll work it out for themselves, and you're you're not you're not helping anybody. I mean, I when I was growing up, I was in high school. We had uh, this kid that was it was a guy, uh, it was a black guy named uh, Terrell, and he was on the cheerleading squad, uh, and he was a very uh, you know, you know, we used all the same, you know, we used all the same terms, you know, we're kids, we're not advanced, you know, talkers or whatever. But that kid was at our house every day for the most part, hung out there. Him and my mom were like the greatest friends ever because he would tell her all the stuff that was going on, Uh, you know, and and we, I mean, listen, listen, she would love, she would call it, uh, his last name was Swopes and she called him Scoops. Uh, and so, uh, scoops, scoops coming over today so I can find out what's going on, you know, and it's just, you know, uh, I mean, you know, and, and we, we hung around with him and, and he hung around with us and we knew, you know, that he was a gay kid. We made fun of him at times, not hatefully, not, you know what I'm saying? Not in a hateful manner, but, uh, and a matter of fact, we defended him a number of times from people who were very hateful to him, but, um, you know, it was, but we weren't, we didn't know anything. There was nobody telling us stuff to do or how to handle that situation, but we worked it out and we, we figured it out. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you that I am a better person uh, today 
and more open-minded for towards people and and have a better understanding of people who live a different lifestyle than I do. And I hate to say lifestyle because that makes it sound like some sort of a choice, but who, people who are di- just different than me because we hung around with that kid. And, you know, and it was, I hate it. He, he got killed in, in a car accident not long after we graduated. And, and uh, I mean, yeah, it was, it was terrible. And, you know, it was, um, he was, he was so good with so many people and, and it was, um, you know, it just, that's what you're, you're a hundred percent right. Your people have taken their fear of anything different and they've tried to protect their children. These same people who whine about participation trophies and, you know, helicopter parents and stuff are doing exactly that. They're doing exactly that and, and building this wall around these kids and, I just don't, I don't understand it. I don't, I mean, I, you know, we, I'm not, we're not writing any parenting books over here, but our daughter, we chose the places that she goes and participates in things. We chose them based upon the diversity of the places that, you know, were our, right. our options. When we chose a dance studio for her, we made sure that there were, you know, that she was going to get to meet different kids there. I mean, she's four years old. So, you know, she doesn't understand what's going on, but that's what we're hoping. She doesn't understand what's going on and she'll never know that, that you know, that that might be unique or something. You know, that she'll just always interact with kids of different races and different beliefs and different whatever. And, you know, I don't understand why you don't want that. Yeah, I don't either, um, except, again, for, uh, I think, the fact that there are people that harbor these fears about what is different. Mm -hmm. And and it sometimes it's based on, you know, sexual preference or gender expression. Sometimes it's race. Sometimes it's religion. But but, you know, and sometimes it's class. You know, but whatever it is, there's that that type of person who feels that 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 different thing, those other people are uh, innately dangerous in some way, shape or form like you. uh, And of course, my son is is a fully grown man now. But when my son was uh, when our son, I should say, was, uh, you know, in uh, in elementary school. Uh, he had, uh, you know, he had classmates who had uh, same-sex parents, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we just said, yeah, okay, well, that's, you know, that's how some families are constituted. You know, we didn't yeah. make a big deal about it; just sat him down and talked about it because I guess he noticed it, right? And um, and so we uh, we had that conversation. It was brief; it wasn't very long, and uh, we certainly didn't uh, dissuade him from having any interaction with the child or her parents or two mothers. I think it was a she, as I recall, her two mothers. Um, you know, and as time went on, you know, he he obviously saw more of that. In fact, we actually, you know, I have um, one of my good friends from college is uh, is gay, and she's uh, she lives out in California. And I remember... The first time my son met her was when we were out in California on a trip. I think he was five years old. And we uh, took him out to dinner with us, uh, his mom and I, and my friend and her girlfriend at the time. 
You know, we didn't even explain anything. <laughs> you know, we didn't say, hey, there's this thing going on with these two. You know how well, listen, let me tell you about what's happening. Yeah. Well, <laughs> got a little bit of a unique situation here. Yeah, okay. well, Ellie and her girlfriend, they kind of are the same way. We didn't even do any of that. Just, hey, just, hey, this is Ellie. This is her, you know, her yeah. friend or however we described her. I don't even remember how we described her. And we just went on with life. Yeah. And as uh, and I remember the last time my son saw Ellie, he was probably twenty one. Yeah. And we went to uh, we went to Ellie's house, and at the, at that point, she was with someone else, and and uh, so, you know, I mean, we all just chilled, you know, yeah. no big deal. It's just, hey, we love who we love, man. Yeah. That's... You know, and and this is my friend. And because she's my friend, if 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 she loves this person, then I love that person because she's yeah. my friend. I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah. You know, don't yeah. be no, good. it's your hundred percent right. Yeah, I mean, and it's just it's just the it's just playing on people's fears and playing up fears and playing up biases and and stereotypes and and really hurtful, uh, hurtful, hurtful things for people. Uh, you know, it, it is, I mean, that's, this is what you're relying on. You're, you're relying on hurting other people. And a lot of cases hurting kids. Yeah. Um, you're, you're hurting kids just because you want to win a few cheap votes. And, and that's you know, what's unconscionable, right? It is. Because it is. And Shay Shilnut is one of the worst humans I, I, I know. I mean, he is, uh, he fits into the category of being a dope. And mm. he also uh, routinely does things like this without shame and without uh, apology and knows full well that it's hurting kids. And he does not give a damn. Uh, and never has. Um, and so, uh, you know, and he, you listen to the, the back and forth between him and Bobby Singleton today, Bobby, you know, completely annihilated him, uh, on, on every single point, uh, there that was made. I mean, it's not a competition, but I'm just saying it was, you know, it was, a a it was a debate that wasn't a debate. It was, you know, it, he, he couldn't answer the simplest of questions about this thing. He didn't know his own bill. He didn't know what the ramifications were. He didn't care what the ramifications were. He just knew that that bill would win him some approval among the base supporters and trustful. And that's all he gave a damn about. And that, to me, you can, you know, they'll probably take some issue with me calling him a terrible human being. But you know what? When you act that way, you get called what you get called, man. Yeah. You know? So... Yeah. Yeah. Why victimize children, though? I just, you know, that to me, that ought to be that ought to be, especially for these so-called conservative Christians. You know, if you want to play politics and, and, and debate and throw elbows with somebody your own age and size, that's one thing. But children. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I know. I know it's you know, they'll claim wow. that they're protecting them. But, you know, we know better. Um, we know, we know better that they can't explain, you know, they can't give you a single example of a doctor or a parent, uh, you know, doing some, you know, creating a harmful situation for any of these kids, uh, that they're protecting. Uh, and in the meantime, these are the same people that have pulled away every bit of funding for social programs and for the education of children in high poverty areas, uh, that they can possibly pull away that have done far more harm than any, uh, you know, puberty blocker or transgender gender, whatever, uh, has ever done to any child ever. And so, you know, that's the, you know, reality is one thing and Republican governance is another mm. way we live. So, yeah. all right, let's slide out of here on that happy note. Um, and, uh, and we'll, uh, <laughs> be back in just a bit. Alabama politics this week.
I'm David Person with Alabama Politics This Week. You know, you listen to me and Josh every week, and we have a blast as we talk about Alabama politics and culture and as we interview newsmakers and journalists about Alabama politics and culture. Thanks for your support of this great podcast, and I hope that you will continue to not only listen, but to share it with your friends and also give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it. Thanks a lot. Welcome back to Politics This Week. Josh Moon and David Person, and with us, uh, I'm honored to have my friend and co- county commissioner, Violet Edwards. She represents the 6th District uh, for uh, Madison County. Uh, Violet, good to see you. See you as well, and hello, Mr. Moon. Thank you both for having <laughs> me on here today. I, I, I wish, uh, you know, I wish you were my commissioner. I live in Madison City, but somehow Limestone County. I don't know uh-huh. how any of this works. I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't know who's drawing maps around here, but uh, somebody's map got confused somewhere. So. <laughs> yeah, it gets a little, it gets a little sketchy out there. East Limestone, yeah. Madison, yeah. and yeah. and Athens, uh, right at that little strange little point there. But it anyway. is. But just, if you call me Mr. Moon, I would answer the phone. I'm just <laughs> well, I, you know, I wish I, I wish I had somebody who would, because honestly, <laughs> that, this whole thing was so confusing. We applied for a recycling bin one time. They brought it to our house. They Literally, brought it to our house. We uh-huh. filled it up, and then they called me and said, oh yeah, we're, uh, we're repossessing your, uh, your recycling <laughs> bin. I've never had a repossessed cy- recycling bin before. Never even heard of that. Didn't even know it was a thing. <laughs> Better a recycling bin than a car. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. So we've got uh, we've got uh, my friend Violet Edwards here with us today to talk some local politics. You know, we say all the time in in media circles and political circles that politics is local, and indeed it is. And yet, it also can have implications beyond uh, the locality in question. Uh, Violet, uh, we're here because um, there's something very strange in my mind that's going on with the Madison County Commission and uh, and an issue in front of it. You want to you want to give a brief summary? Oh, okay. I will. I don't know where to start. I will start with uh, last week. I lost. Is that where? It, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, you know, the, the the issue came. It's time to print the voters list in the paper. And it is state mandated that we put these lists out there so voters can go and and see, you know, where they're voting and make sure that their name is on the poll. And for the last several news cycles, uh, the commission has done business with both the Huntsville Times and Speaking Out News. And so when it came to this cycle, I didn't expect things to be different. We have used both um, for, for several, several years, but in Right now, there was a conversation on whether or not we wanted to continue using Speaking Out News. And this whole conversation is over a mere $15,000. So we're spending 66000 with Huntsville Times. And now we have this huge issue with Speaking Out News. And just that for our viewers, for our listeners who don't know, Speaking Out News is a, a large um, publication. Uh, it's a black publication. And it has it's a free publication for people um, 
all across the county, but it is uh, highly read here in District 6. You can find it in our churches, in our barbershops, in our stores, in our community centers. Um, the church, they will buy a subscription and put like 30 um, newspapers out and people will come and read it. And I can tell you, I see people read it from front to back. And so for us to decide that we just didn't want to do it anymore because we didn't have to, we were meeting the standard by using one publication and it was a waste of money to, to do it in a second one. And while last week it was a question of $15,000, we received word back that 50% of it is reimbursable because there's a federal aspect to this campaign. So now we're talking about $7,000, $7,500 to reach uh, 29,000 people. And so just the whole conversation was just strange to me because if we were doing something for so many years, why all of a sudden now is this $7,500 something that, we are, that we're fighting over? So, so a few questions here, uh, Violet. First of all, uh, what is the county's? Uh, do you do you know off the top of your head what the county's uh, annual budget is, and or or maybe even just a ballpark of what the what the county's uh, annual budget? Yeah, and ballpark. I know. I want to say the last time we did the budget was about thirty-two million. It was well over thirty-two million plus. Okay. Well, I can so, I can see where seventy five hundred would be just over the top. Then. Right. And so, and and with this, with with the voter registration list, like I said, this this wasn't even really um, a, a bid. Huntsville Huntsville Times has a large circulation or had a larger search circulation, so I didn't even question that six and six thousand. It's the state says we have to do it, so we we're, we're we have to do it. You know, I understand the importance of it, um, but. In that same meeting, we gave away well over $100,000 to nonprofits. And that's, we're not, they, they were worthy, but we're not mandated to shore up nonprofits. We are mandated to do the state list, this voters list. And so and, for and, us to get stuck was appalling. And let's be clear too, and, and this is not a question, this is an assertion I'm going to make. I used to work for the Huntsville Times. The Huntsville Times, uh, the circulation numbers have de declined. I would assume probably dramatically, so dramatically that it, it might, they may not even be at uh, 50% in terms of circulation where they were um, back in 2009 uh, when I left there. Uh, so I would, I would argue that um, a, you're talking about a much smaller circulation base than, than you once were. B, that um, because of uh, geography and culture, uh, you're, you're not talking about, it would be incorrect to assume that you're talking about an overlapping circulation base, meaning the people that are that are subscribing to the Huntsville Times are buying the Huntsville Times, which, by the way, is not even in circulation to the degree that it once was. I think they only I think they only uh, circulate three days a week, I think. Now. Right. Um, you know, uh, are not the same people who are reading Speaking Out News. You're talking about uh, probably very little overlap, I would imagine. In fact, probably even less overlap. Then again, going back, uh, you know, ten or ten or fifteen years ago, so there, when you when you start to factor everything in, Violet, it doesn't make sense that there would be this kind of quibbling 
over $7,500. What reason have you been given for this? I have been told, and to your point, as I look at the numbers, Huntsville Times distribution right now is about $37,000. Speaking Out News is about $29,000. And we know that Speaking Out News reaches about 30% of the population in uh, the Black population here in Madison County. Um, So we know the demographic and the target, and I agree with you in saying that there isn't a lot of overlap and that Speaking Out News is a free publication, meaning that, you know, if you don't have the disposable income to get a subscription, uh, you can still have access to this paper. So the 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 reason I'm given is because I was told that nobody reads it, that, you know, the it was very much stressed during this meeting that nobody reads it. It's uh, we're, we're wasting trees. We're just doing the bare minimum for legality and that, you know, why why invest more money into it? And um, my point was, I think we were speaking from a place of privilege because not everybody has um, Internet service and these fancy phones that we have in our pockets. And we know this. All we have to do is just ask the school superintendents, you know, as the kids tried to do their homework online, those kids that did not have access to the Internet. And we know broadband is an issue. And so for us to say, well, all they have to do is go online and look. That's not the case. Um, We know a lot of our seniors don't are not really tech savvy. So there is an issue there and there is a way or they, there is a, a habit of how they look things up. And so for the whole rationale to be where well, nobody is, is, is looking forward, I'm trying to tell them, yes, some people are and, and not everybody can just go online. Um, another argument was, well, all they have to do is just call. Well, we know that um, several years ago that the roles were purged. And uh, a lot of people mistakenly had their names removed from the polling, um, removed from the voters list. And that is a whole education within itself to tell people in advance, hey, call and make sure now before May 17th that your name is on this list. So when you get to the polls, you can vote. So that has its own educational piece right there. So to say people can call, who knows to call? But when you have this paper and it's right here and it has names in it, then sometimes just out of habit, you look to see and make sure your name is on there. And so again, for us to have invested money in it for so many years this year, for us to up and say no, it I won't say it took me off guard, but I just think it's such a, um, a crazy conversation that we have to have here in 2022. I'm a- I'm going to do something that you probably shouldn't do, and I'm going to assume. And I'm going to assume that the person who said nobody reads it was a white Republican. (laughs) All of a sudden, what he actually meant to say was, I don't read it. So, and I cannot fathom a life outside of the ten foot area around me. So I can't. I can't imagine anybody else is reading it. Um, I. This is. I mean, God. So it was I, my 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 place to say, "Hey, but there are some people yeah. who don't live exactly like you, and we need to. They are important, and for twenty six cents, we can reach them." But yeah. let's. Do that. <laughs> yeah, I I would argue that um, a paper like Speaking Out um, more closely fits what was intended by this law than what the Huntsville Times in its current state does uh, because um, the Huntsville Times requires a subscription. The Huntsville Times 
uh, to get it in a free form, you have to go online. So you already have to have the access for that. And what you are trying to accomplish through this law is to reach people that don't have that access. That So you can provide them with this vital information that we once thought was vital to give to people, right? Am I wrong about this? You are. You are absolutely right. And you and and this election cycle, we have done um, a little shuffling with our polls. I know he just here in District Six, we've moved a poll, we have merged a poll, and we have split a poll. And I know that things go out in the mail, but it's, you know, it's almost like running a campaign. There's no one way to reach someone, you know, online, you do it in the mail, just any way you can. You just sometimes have to duplicate it. And so this paper is one more way if I'm told, if I think that I vote at Oakwood and I go to Oakwood and I don't see my name, then I know to ask some questions. Why am I not listed under Oakwood? And so even those people who live in the district all over the county, it wasn't just the district whose polling sites have moved. That information is available through the paper as well. I, I just yeah. think it's so important to use different mediums other than online or 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 phone to just use every medium that we can to make sure to re- that we reach as many people as we can because I think that you know we're we're better than the bare minimum. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and I would say too that the uh, what speaking out the the public that the speaking out reaches is is probably uh, uh, a group of people that are more also are less tech savvy are also people that don't necessarily have access to to a computer to the to the other options available out there and I, let me ask you this have y'all thought about pretending that you're a pillow manufacturer um and uh, because that that guy seems to be able to get voting lists from anybody uh, he can <laughs> he can just uh, roll if you're Mike Lindell you can just roll into the secretary of state's office and audit <laughs> the whole system so uh, maybe if you thought about being a, a a pillow guy that that thought Trump got robbed uh you could you could get this out of him but no I, in all seriousness it, it um is there so is there any fix for this is there or is it just done well it's not done because last week it was a discussion. And the discussion, like I said, went longer than I thought it was going to go. I just wanted to point out to the fact that we didn't have it in the budget this time. And I think that's what the probate judge was doing. We didn't have it in the budget. We've done it before. Hey, let's put this back in the budget. Okay, all right, move on. Um, So it was it was the discussion. And, you know, when when the debate started, I just went ahead and put it out there and moved that we, you know, expanded and, and I didn't get a second. And so we're trying again one more time uh, this Wednesday because it was discussion last time. So we're going to put up for a vote this time uh-huh. and really give the commissioners enough time now to do their research. Um, it's highly likely that they've heard from some of the constituency now. Um, that they can go back in and, and just take a look at the numbers that were sent to them last year and to ask themselves, is this is this our legacy? You know, is this what we want? Is this what we want to state and our constituency? Is this what we want them talking about right now? This whole discussion over $7,500 and the people who you chose not to invest it in. I'm going to use, I'm going to go ahead and use a very weighted term. Uh, this is, in my opinion... Oh, I like, I like it when David uses way to turn. Go ahead, go ahead. This is, not my opinion, this is what we would call voter suppression. This is classic voter suppression. Uh, let's go ahead and lay... I'm going to go ahead and lay out the whole scenario as I see it in, in just a few short minutes here. We've got a predominantly Republican 
County Commission that is headed by a man who's running for Congress, the 5th Congressional District. And I believe that the assessment has been made that the best way, or, or that one way, that this particular body can participate in the national Republican agenda to suppress the votes of Democrats generally and black Democrats in particular is to, uh, is to engage in this activity of trying to deprive people of an understanding of where they are on the voting list, if they're even on the voting list, and also where their polling places are. I noticed that my polling place had changed, and I wondered why, actually, because, um, you know, the place where I've been voting is, you know, three minutes from my house or whatever. So why is my polling place moving? I haven't moved. Why is my polling place moving? doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, was it convenient yes. for you? Well, there and you go. so that's my point. That's right. Answered. That's my point. Voter suppression. And, and that's the position I'm going to take. You may not want to be that adamant or that, that, that uh, political about it, Violet. I'll leave that up to you. But I think Josh and I both agree that this is classic Republican voter suppression. What do you think? How do you respond? I think that this is your show and I am your guest. <laughs> I think I just came to lay the facts out for you. But I did say in the meeting that I felt like this was a form of disenfranchisement. That, you know, that, that, that even to get to the poll and to be at the wrong poll, to find out your name is not on the list, it just leads to confusion, it leads to chaos. It, it just leads to some people... Um, just a, a bad feeling about going out to the polls and that we should be doing everything that we can to make sure that the voter does not have that experience. Well, and, uh, one other thing, one other thing I'd like to point out here, too, is um, it's not so easy for some people to go just go to another polling place. Exactly. OK, you know, the, some uh, a lot of it has to be prearranged um, and, and some effort put into it. I'll, I'll never forget uh, Terry Sewell uh, telling me the story of, of trying to get her dad. Uh, up, you know, he had some health issues, was in a wheelchair, was and trying to get him to a polling place. Uh, actually, trying to get him an ID originally, and then trying to get him to the polling place. And you know, and the way things had changed, and and it's those things have to be considered uh, in a lot of in a lot of cases. And again, there are some people who don't really consider a life different than their own. Um, you know, I, I, it's just it's a shame. It really is. I. It seems like suppression to me. I'm not, it's my show, so I'm going to call it suppression, okay? Yeah, uh, I but I will say I, I did take an active role in working with the probate judge when it came to the polling sites in my district. And so I did not just sit back and be like, oh, you want to change it? Okay, change it. There was some thought put into it, and there were some questions asked to why. And so some of the changes that we made in District 6, I understand why, and I, I, I was able to have some say in, in, in it. So, for example, we had one polling site that was in the middle of a commercial area and, and not a neighborhood. And the neighborhood was on the other side, um, was on, uh, on the other side of the little census tract. And I was just like, well, it makes sense to move it to the neighborhood because we know people walk to vote. 
And, and so some, some of the changes, some of the changes made sense. And I, I uh, appreciate the opportunity to participate in that process. And they didn't just come in and change it. But now my concerns have really fallen on deaf ear, moving from the probate judge to the entire commission. And now is the time for people, if they have concerns, to reach out to their commissioners to, to share what it is. I don't think that this, this investment, just this whole conversation, to me, is a, is, a, is a 1960 conversation. We're past this. Everybody, we've established the right to vote. We've, we've established this already. So why are we having this whole conversation? It's, it just blows my mind. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to ask and I you know I don't I don't ask much of uh the folks who listen to uh our podcast Josh but I'm going to ask them to do something today. If you have concerns about voter suppression in the state of Alabama as I do as Josh does. Um uh, take a moment and look up the number for the Madison County Commission. You know, the, the number, it's a two, five, six, something. I don't know. I can probably try to look it up mm-hmm. while I'm saying this. Uh, but look, look for the number up the telephone number for the Madison County Commission and call the Madison County Commission and challenge them to uh, to rethink their whole position on this issue of not releasing the voting, the voters list uh, to speaking out news. Again, it's not, it shouldn't be, the money shouldn't be a factor because they're spending literally eight times as much with another newspaper (laughs) that has a circulation (laughs) that's only probably eight, that from what Violet said, only about 8,000 more subscribers uh, or circulation Mm -hmm. base than Speaking Out does. They're spending eight times as much. The numbers don't add up. The logic is not there. Uh, So that's why I can say as adamantly as I am saying, I believe this is about voter suppression. It's not about money. It's not about finances or practicality. It's about voter suppression. So reach out to the Madison County Commission and challenge them to, uh, to release that voter list to speaking out news, pay the little puny seven $7,500 $7,500 that they need to pay. Yeah. Just you do that. Yeah, do that. Get out there. Uh, call your people. But whatever you do, don't take anybody in line a bottle of water, okay? Because that's, that's too far, okay? That's, that's going too far. But, but do call them, and so we can at least learn where you're not supposed to take the bottle of water to. Uh, so. And don't forget to go online and make sure that your name is on the, po- on the list as well. And so if you're listening to this podcast, then I am going to guess that you have some, a little bit of tech savvy in you. So go to the Secretary of State's office, put your name in and make sure that you are on the list to vote. And if you want to inundate the commission with uh, your your calls of outrage and if you want to rant and rave like I just did and (laughs) accuse them of voter suppression, you can do that at 256-532-3300. 256-532-3300. Nice. Well, listen, um, I hope I hope we can make some some bit of difference here and get this corrected. Uh, But, you know, as we always say, there are groups of politicians that go and they do nonsense work to further themselves. And then there are groups of politicians 
who go in and actually do work that helps out their communities and helps out people to to just exercise their basic rights. And um, I think it's pretty clear which category you fall in there, Miss Edwards. And and we we always appreciate people who do that. Um, and and hopefully we can make a little bit of difference here. Um, and you know, and, and before long, this this whole county up here will will be Democrats, so democratically led. And so, uh, you know, they don't have much more time, and they know it. That's why they're doing nonsense like this. They're trying desperately to hang on to what shred they have. And so, um, it's uh, but it's a pleasure to have you on, and we really do appreciate your efforts. Thank you for having me. Well, I've enjoyed. enjoyed having you on, Violet. Thank you for being with us, and. Um, and uh, hopefully you're going to be around in politics for a while. And I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> hopefully you'll be around for a while. If not with the Madison County Commission, maybe some other place doing something <laughs> else for the people of this state. So thanks for joining. Love you, <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for joining us. We appreciate you, Bob. All right. All right, we're going to slide out. Uh, we'll be back to wrap this thing up here in just a minute. Alabama Politics this week. Hey, everybody. If you would uh, like an opportunity to interact with us here at Alabama Politics this week, uh, we've got a great way for you to do that. Uh, shoot a question over to apwproducer at gmail.com. That's apwproducer at gmail.com. Anything about Alabama politics you want to know about, uh, I don't know, what, what everybody likes to drink or uh, where everybody likes to hang out or you know, whatever, whatever your question may be, uh, what chances the Democrats might have uh, in the uh, the upcoming midterm elections, uh, shoot us a question over at apwproducer at gmail.com apwproducer at gmail.com. Thanks. All righty, welcome back. Alabama Politics this week. I really appreciate uh, Ms. Edwards coming on with us and uh, talking, you know, Local issues, man. Uh, you know, people don't people don't realize how uh, all politics is local. You know, uh, it's uh, it's the yeah, the thing everybody should remember. These things affect you, uh, and they if they if you think something that's being done to somebody else isn't going to affect you, it eventually will. Guaranteed, somebody will use it against you uh, in some way, shape, or form, and you won't like it very much. So. Uh, you should protect everybody you can. If uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, apwproducer at gmail.com, apwproducer at gmail.com will get us in and or get you in. Um, we're going to uh, get to uh, right wing note of the week in just a minute uh, because he is an absolute fruitcake. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I want to tell you, uh, and I didn't tell you this, I didn't mention this before we uh, before we came on. Um uh, but uh, I was going to tell you a little uh, a little story here about okay. uh, what I did this week, and uh, so on Tuesday. Uh, well, I'll start with Monday. So Monday, um, we got a call from my mom, and uh, she said, "You know, there was a, um, a little incident at your cousin's place of business. My 
cousin. Um, not sure what cousin, second, third, or whatever. But it's it's a guy we've we've known for our whole lives and have been you know close with his his parents, who was I believe my mom's first cousin. I believe that's how it would work. But um, we've been very close with them our our you know most of our lives. I mean, not all the time. They lived in Florida for a period of time and stuff. But now they're back in a in a town in Tennessee, um, and he owned a coffee shop there with another gentleman. Um, went in. Uh, they had an argument about things that the other gentleman had put on the credit card for the for the coffee shop. And as he was leaving to go out to his car, the guy walked up behind him and shot him in the back. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um, and so we drove up. We drove up uh, Tuesday and to see... You know, my mom, they're his parents, my mom's first cousin that she adores and yeah. his wife uh, there. And uh, and they sat on the couch. And so my experience on Tuesday was watching um, a set of parents talk about losing their sons because mm. my brother uh, shot himself uh, just a couple months ago. So, oh. yeah. Um, and so this is. This is what I wanted to talk about with this is the the ramifications of the gun culture that we have created mm. and uh, where, you know, we have romanticized these guns to a point where there is literally no way to stop people who should not have a gun from getting a gun because there are two people who should not have a gun. In those stories, one was my brother, who they had removed every gun from the house because he had had these uh, tendencies for a for a while. He'd had struggles with mental health issues for a long time, and uh, we knew it. Everybody knew it. There was no way to prevent him. He went and bought the gun the day that he shot himself. My God! Uh, from a pawn shop. My God! Mm. So, the other one was the gentleman that shot my cousin. Uh, he had been stopped just a few weeks ago and uh, found in uh, felony possession of, dr- of drugs. Yet somehow or another, because this was not a gun-related offense, you don't get your guns taken from you. And you can still walk around with it strapped to your side, as he did all the time. Uh, because Tennessee, like Alabama, is an open carry state. Uh, and you can just walk around like you're wide up. You know what? You can't walk around like you're Wyatt Earp because even Wyatt Earp didn't carry his damn gun in town uh, because they had some rules back then about guns in town because they thought everybody would act crazy with him. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's what happens. 20 years ago, 20 years ago, that would have been a fight in the parking lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 20 years ago, that would have been a fight in the parking lot. And, mm. um, you know, I, I, I don't know 20 years ago if anything would have stopped anything with my brother. But, uh, you know, I, I just I know that along the way we have discussed many, many, many times having uh, a more stringent background checked uh, checks for for purchases of weapons that include mental health issues. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't I don't. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of stories like this every single day. And we trade them off with this lunacy about you know, the good guy with a gun and and protecting, 
you're, you know, with this, as if we put in there that you, you have mental health issues would prevent you from, from obtaining a firearm, as if that would stop somebody, you know? And listen, we're not, I'm not afraid of guns. I've got, God knows I've got guns or, you know, I've had guns my whole life. I've grown up around them. And, and everybody here, everybody I know goes hunting all the time and stuff. I mean, I'm not a big hunter, but I'm not against it. Uh, you know, I can, and I can shoot with the best of them, you know, and that I don't, I'm not fearful of a gun. I'm fearful of idiots with guns. Mm-hmm. I'm fearful of people who do not need to have guns. And we all know that there are people like that that don't need to have them. And it's not infringing on somebody's rights to make laws that say, if you don't meet this, then you can't have this. Yeah. All right. I just don't know what what we've got to do here. Well, first, I have to say uh, how profoundly sorry I am that uh, you lost your brother the way you did and your cousin the way you did. It just it uh, breaks my heart. And I can't add anything to what you've just said. You said it well. I'm not going to try to add anything other than just, again, to reiterate how profoundly sorry I am for you and for your family, for your parents in particular, and your aunt and uncle. And, um, man, I just, you will be in my, my prayers. Well, I thank you, um, you know, and, 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 and I do appreciate it. I really, really do. I just, you know, it just, it, it is, it, it is, it's so incredibly hard on my parents, you know, it, it mm-hmm. has been, you know, and, you know, and it will be on, on my cousin's parents. Um, and, and it is, but I don't, I do recognize that they are not alone. In that, and that there are so many, many people now that go through this, and we have we have just taken this attitude to a level that we've ignored the reality in the interest of a talking point that has been pushed by people whose only goal is to sell more guns. Mm-hmm. That's all they care about is selling more weapons. They don't give a shit about your protection or about your constitutional rights, about any of that. They don't care about any of that. Yep. All yep. they care about is that they're selling more weapons to people out there and that they're making their bottom line look a little bit better. That's mm-hmm. all they give a shit about. And so that, you know, uh, and it's just it's just a, uh, you know, until we fix it, though, there are going to be thousands more. And yeah. I don't know. I don't. You know, I don't know what, exactly where that where it goes. So I'm going to propose something. Um, I did not know that about the situations in your family. And, you know, normally we would follow up this with a right wing note of the week and we would joke and laugh. Uh, I, I would rather leave people with this with a, with a sobering reflection of what you just shared. If you're OK, okay with that. Yeah, um, I think I think that needs to be the period to uh, this long conversation that we've had with folks today. Um, I just I, I I I just think I think we need to leave people in a more reflective frame of mind. You've done that beautifully, candidly, transparently, uh, and I and I and I think we should leave people with that. 
Well, I, you know, I don't want to, uh, you know, to, to, to bring things down, uh, oh, you know, okay. but, I, and I, but yeah. no, I think you're, you know, I think you're probably right. Uh, that it, it would be beneficial to, you know, to just think about it for a little bit. And, uh, you know, and, and it's not to say that, that, that our people, especially the folks that listen to us most of the time, um, you know, don't, aren't already thinking about it because I think we have a, a pretty, a pretty smart group of listening uh, listeners out there that, that, uh, you know, tune into us or, you know, download us or whatever, however, we're the, the correct, whatever the correct terminology is for the way people listen to us, you know, yammer on every week. And, um, but, you know, I, I just, it, it just is a, um, a situation where it doesn't, there doesn't seem to be a lot of hope uh, in, in correcting where we have allowed ourselves to go. Um, and, and I'm, uh, cause I'm no idiot here. I know full well that what's happened in my family does not hold a candle to the killing of 20 first graders. Um, you know, and you know, if we can watch that go down and, and not do anything to change, you know, and watch, you know, the president of the United States then and, and have tears rolling down his face as he as he talked about the scene there and and try to hold it together as, as he went in and, and talked to those families. And, you know, if we can then further victimize them by making some sort of a hero, cult hero out of a moron who claims that none of it happened um, and 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 to do nothing, to do nothing. I mean, they didn't do anything. Matter of fact, it got worse, it got worse. And it's just, you know, I, I don't know what the, what, it just, it seems so obvious to everybody that you talk to. Why, why can't we do this? And then it gets all lumped into, well, it's gun control and we don't want that. And you know what? That's stupid. It's just, it's stupid yes. and it's hurtful. It's hurtful to a lot of good people. So, all right. Well then, uh, you know all what? Right. Let's just leave. <laughs> Uh, let's just, we'll just leave. And, uh, you know, until, uh, until next week, uh, y- y'all be, y'all be safe out there. Peace.